Hello and welcome everyone to episode one of the VGC Trainer School Marvel Snap podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Marvel Snap. Whether you are new to TCG or a Hearthstone pro, we will help you learn. Class is in session. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is Jake. This is the VGC Trainer School Pokemon competitive VGC podcast, but I've been playing quite a bit of Marvel Snap recently, thanks to our very own Will, who we're starting to piece together, probably developed the game, or at least has some skin in it, because he converted several of us. So, uh, But let's get into VGC, of course, and not just me, but I do have two fine co-hosts with me. We got John and Tony. So welcome back, John. We'll start with you. How's it going? It's going great. <laughs> I am I am one of the snap disciples. I uh one of the snappers. Way, yeah, the snappers. The whipper the will snappers. Yeah, I've been playing way too much of that this weekend. But uh I think my my latest uh realization is that I really vibe with super hard trick room. And when I say hard trick room, I mean like the kind of hard trick room where they are going to guarantee that they get that thing up turn one. It does not matter what counter strategy you have. I will be getting trick room up and you cannot stop me. You can't kill me. You can't imprison me. You can't do anything. Yeah. I've just been realizing that I vibe with that play style a lot more than other play styles. So uh, I've been laddering several, several of my alts uh, kind of the mid ladder. Nice. What about it is something that you've really enjoyed playing with? I guess a lot of hard trick room teams or a lot of trick room teams have one problem. And that problem is trick room lasts for technically only four turns because the, the first turn is the turn that you actually activate trick room. So you have four turns and half of those turns, your opponent can protect to get, you know, get through or evade any damage. And it's problem number one is protecting. And number two is that often if you want to have a super guaranteed way of setting trick room, uh, that means you have a dead slot next to your attacker because the more guaranteed setters aren't going to be able to do that much damage. So trick room has to overcome the protect issue and the lack of offense for a couple turns issue. There's a couple of hard trick room teams that you can like pivot out the first turn and the setters like strong enough and able to actually dish out, dish out damage, or you just lead with your offensive trick room setters and hope they don't kill you. So I like having really flexible game plans and really good hard trick room teams have very flexible game plans, but they also are great into like hyper offense, got to go fast kind of teams. And so I enjoy being able to mess with people that way and be flexible at the same time. Yeah, that's very cool. That is something that when it comes when it does come to our trick room that that is fun. It's like you say that you have multiple game plans, but it's ultimately like in a way sort of the same game plan of getting trick room up. But the way that you go about doing it can be very, very different game to game or even, you know, like within even like the same series, you know, if you're playing a best of three with somebody, which is neat. Exactly. And it's really cool to be able to you know, switch it up on people and be like, "Ha, huh, you, I, <laughs> I got you the first time, but are you going to like get me on the switch up? And it's like, no, they can't stop that either. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, cool. Well, that is uh, certainly a, a fun team archetype to play around with, especially on the ladder, because if someone doesn't have, some, have anything for it, they just auto lose. And next coming back as well, Tony, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Uh, ah shit hi you don't even you don't even need what to was cut that, that noise <laughs> i was I just here ah shit and then just that's it I, I i was trying to talk and it just didn't come out you leave, you could leave that i'm happens, fine with that. happens all the time yeah um so hey uh yeah no i took like a small break from tourneys because i realize now i'm just like burning myself out but I'm just like team theorizing, just like playing around with like some random, like I'm playing around with the uh, hammer rot right now on like ladder and like other things. And I'm also learning like the new, just like this is the new team. And I'm actually just playing them just to like kind of learn them. And it's like, oh, well, you know, that's how this works. And it's like, oh, 
just trying to combine stuff, you know, trying to get ready for reg E, try not to stay rusty, try not to overwhelm myself at the same time with all this, with all these ideas, just so many ideas. You you mentioned that you're planning for regulation E. Oh yeah. How are you doing that? Um, I, right now I'm just working on team building just okay. like, cause you know, like that, that's the thing right now is like, everyone knows that everyone is like, besides a handful of people in the world, everyone's a trash ass team builder. And, uh, right now by prepping for Eggy, I'm just, I'm learning what is like winning teams right now. And I'm playing as the actual winning teams and not making any changes just so I could try to get the idea of like, why did you do this? And it's like, maybe that might help me like come up with why would I make, you know, whatever decision for uh, each team. Gotcha. But well, that's fun. You can just try also, a bunch um, of stuff, you know, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Also I'm, I'm like looking at the, who's going to be released. And it's like, shit, I don't know if anyone's good yet. My that's logic true. will be. Yeah, well, that's that's gonna be that's that's what I'm curious about with the DLC because they introduced with the Isle of Armor, which came out first for Sword and Shield, move tutors, and yeah. that changes the game, right? So I'm curious what this summer festival will will provide in the way of changing up what the Pokemon that we have now their viability, yeah. and if any new ones come in like those mask. Uh, hunky dory or monkey dory unpheasant thing or whatever it is. Uh, serendipity. serendipity, yeah. What those are going to be like, you know. Honestly, like they could make Gliscor right good. Now. You know, have oh, we talked about what, that? You know what, Gliscor is good. I need you to shut your dirty <laughs> mouth real quick. It's bad. <laughs> you shut your mouth too. It looks sick, but it's better in singles. So the, half the fun is theorizing, anyways. You of know. Course. I think sometimes it's a little bit more fun because then when you like get disappointed, it's like, oh, but you know, half the fun's theorizing. So also I always, I'm like trying to get myself to play like ladder on cart, which feels mm-hmm. really hard right now. Cause I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that right now. I just, well, it's, all, it's also kind of hard right now because uh, when we're recording the cart ladder, uh, no, sorry, never mind. Scr- scratch this part out. Tomorrow is the last day of July. It would be really hard to play ladder tomorrow at this time, though. True. True. Yeah, because it's going to be resetting. I never, I didn't play a single ladder card game this month. You're, you oh. are breaking your New Year's resolution. No, oh, yeah, I already broke that. I already broke that, which oh. is fine. I'm fine with me. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... I am. Uh, I always do enjoy the the teams you put together, Tony. They they're giraffe heavy often, but always. I always I love the creativity and the variation that you bring. It's always exciting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into our agenda for today. Like I said, thank you both for for coming on and. Let's see what we have to talk about. So we do have a little bit of news, not necessarily from officially from Pokemon, but some uh, some pretty fun news here for the VGC trainer school that I'm excited to get into. And then for the topic today, we are going to do a larger meta check-in looking at another one of Nino's tournaments, which also set and had a uh, insane number of people at over 250. But we're also going to look at some of the information from our own tournament that was j- put on this weekend from the VGC trainer school with 75 teams, which is certainly pretty significant considering that is the most that we've seen without a cash payout. So I'll be excited to get into those. But first, let's jump into the news. So, John, can you please take this first one? So we know that y'all love the VGC Trainer School, like so much that you would love to have the VGC Trainer School on your body. Well, we can help you. We now have VGC Trainer School merch coming soon. So if you want to represent us, if you want to like be part of the Cool Kids Club, 
The link will be available soon. Check out future podcasts and in the main server for the for the merch links. Shout out to Tyler and Tyler's friend for setting this up. Uh, so you'll stay tuned to see exactly what we'll have available and to see what cool benefits the merch proceeds will enable people to do. Really shouldn't have got that tattoo. <laughs> so yeah, there's been a lot of... Uh... The creative process on that has been very cool. So I'm very excited to see how they all turn out in person. So we hope you are interested in picking some up. And also coming up soon, Tony, can you please take this next one? At the time of recording, there are only 12 days until the start of the World Championships. Woo! Woo! This means our next episode will be our world's preview episode. We'll do our best to try to predict the meta. We'll see how right or how terribly wrong we will be. We'll see if Sempra makes top cut. We'll see if Swamp is finally the world champion. You know, one of them will give us a shout out, I really hope. (laughs) But we will see. It's going to be a pretty wild weekend. Let's just say that. And if you are in the server, I know we did this for last uh, last year. But we might do a viewing party. I, that's what we did last year. I don't know exactly yet. But it, if you're in the server and you want it, just give it a shout out and we'll do it. We live for you guys. Yeah, those are always a lot of fun to watch with a bunch of people, whether it's just like, you know, you're all on a channel together and either doing something through voice chat with you know people you know, or even just in a large text chat forum, you know, talking about moves and ideas and uh, you know, turns and whatnot, it can be very exciting. So I'm really looking forward to what happens with Worlds. It is still a shame about the Yokohama Open, but there's going to be a bunch of other stuff people can be doing there, including a Pokemon arcade game, which is kind of cool. So oh, wait, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. It's called like Pokemon Mesostar or something like that. Oh. It's uh, it's a Japan only because they love their arcade culture. You know what? I thought it was going to be Pokemon. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. But it's not that. It's not that. Yeah. I mean, it's Pokemon. <laughs> and last piece of news here is just a... Reminder that the Rillaboom raids will be back next weekend as they have closed at the time of this recording. If you do not have a Grookey or a Rillaboom, you know, from Sword and Shield, you didn't have one to carry over. I do strongly suggest picking this one up because it is the first truly meta relevant mightiest mark Pokemon that we've seen thus far. I mean, Scarf Charizard on a Sun team is pretty good, but nothing else has really been as significant as Rillaboom because its usage is certainly near the top of every single tournament that we're seeing, certainly in the top 10 consistently. Unfortunately, it doesn't have Grassy Glide as we were hopeful that it might, but still very much worth catching as those picnic moves are some of the most, it's one of the, it's one of the best quality of life improvements that they've added in. So you can just, get any any movie you want on there you don't have to breathe it on or anything like that so what, what do you think happens at those picnics i just think that they just like hang out and they're talking to each other and they're like hey man look at this cool move that i can do and they're like that's so sick now i can use sucker punch uh so let's talk about the topic at hand so for today we are going to talk about some of the major tournaments that happened this past weekend Another Nino banger that he had with day one and day two. I do like that he's doing that because it's kind of like a, a world's preview truly for people that are going to be playing in multi, you know, multiple day tournaments. So that's that's pretty exciting. Although, you know, that's what the regional structure was, but it's still cool that he's able to do that. And then we're going to talk about our t- uh, tournament that was put on. So that's pretty great as well. So first, Nino's friendly fight number 72, 261 entries into this tournament. We're certainly going to get to it, but... Do you want me to do it? Because I'll do it. There are three of them in the top eight teams. Okay, okay. Top two. The top two, even though they're mirror teams, both of them. First Pokemon you see. It's not even that. It's not even just the in the top eight. If you look at the uh, the bigger metagame tab over there, 
for Riggerath is 29 out of like 200 or whatever people that they have, right? That's like the most that like a quote unquote non-meta Pokemon has compared to like everything else. Like there's Ferrigarath and then it drops from 29 Ferrigaraphs to 22 Grimmsnarls and starts all the like more niche stuff, which is nuts. My boy's just getting cool. Like he's one of the cool kids now. There's a lot of priority right now between, you know, Prankster, Aqua Jet, uh, Chen Pao Knight. I'm yep. just gonna bask in this while it lasts. Maybe you should like win a tourney with it then. First, I have to win a tourney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have all these giraffe teams, and your mm-hmm. boy Michael DeBest there is like right there, number six with his team yet again. No, I'm so sad. You know, I thought he would have like made it further up, but you know, I guess uh, Eric Rios definitely made one of the best giraffe teams. It's like I wonder about if, the giraffe. Like I wonder if he even made it, or if it was like somebody, somebody else who made it, and he just pilots it really well. You know what it is? I gave him a draft spread secretly without him knowing it and anyone else knowing it, and then he just used it. And he's like, "Dude, this is a dope giraffe." And I'm like, "Yes." And he's like, "Who the hell are you?" No. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. That is exactly nice. nice. Yes, That's true story. True story. Don't Google it. But yeah, the, these two teams are exact mirrors of each other, except for the Godango slot. So they are for Rigoraf with Rocky Helmet, uh, Dazzling Gleam, Psychic, Trick Room, and Prison. They're running Psychic instead of Twin Beam, which I know you like, Tony. Uh, it's a Focus Sash Torn set with the Ghost Terra, Bleak Wind Storm, Icy Wind, Tailwind, Protect. We have Dragon Fang Reggie Drago. So opting for Dragon Fang instead of something like Choice Scarf or I don't know, like Room Service or something like that. Like trying to get that speed specs. priority, basically. Yeah, specs. So um, this way they can switch it up if they want to go with Dragon Energy, Draco Meteor, or Earth Power, depending on where they are with HP wise. The Scarf is on the Rapid Strike Urshifu for both teams. Next is the Assault Vest Rillaboom. Stomping Tantrum, Woodhammer, U-Turn, and Fake Out. And then the only change between these two teams, the winning team from Velocity brought Life Orb with Make It Rain, Shadow Ball, Thunderbolt, and Protect. So no nasty plot on there. And then for Sir Squishy, they have Specs with Make It Rain, Shadow Ball, Thunderbolt, and Trick. So still... Good damage coming out of both of them. One with the ability to switch it up if they want to or just uh, trick it away or what have you. But very cool to see two giraffes in the top two of a truly major tournament like this and then running eerily similar teams. I have to imagine there was some level of work being done between them, right? Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Maybe all the work. I, I mean, I don't actually know because like all the team spirit uh rain teams like they're all ran by different people so i think this is just like a six that people and i think this exact six we saw three of them in our tourney like the same weekend that eric rios did his thing so i think this is just like a team that people have kind of like new balance where people just have it and can work on it on their own without necessarily collaborating between each other is my theory at least well, it's it's just like it's kind of interesting to see where everything's going. Like, no one would have ever expected. Not only, you know, for Rigoraf to be like, oh, this is a meta mon right now, but also Reggie Drago's like super meta right now. And it, it's it's kind of wild to see that, and it's like almost a fantasy core if you add the Terra for Rigoraf. I think this is just this might be a flavor of the month situation. There are six exact copies of the team like oh yeah definitely. in terms of six i'm, I'm um, calling it right now before anyone else gets to call it spectriere i mean cybertron kind of called it whatever but spectriere is going to be the next one but like we saw that with the teen spirit team in the nino tour and a couple tours around the same time like a bunch of people ran the same six and even like ran identical sets mm-hmm. so i think we will still have to see like fl- uh in successive tournaments how the team fairs or if it's just like a flavor of the month reggie drago you know tears through balance teams sort of thing 
Yeah, because I mean, just spread damage is always going to be so good. And especially with, yes, Fluttermane is still everywhere. And I'm certainly not going to say that it's not. But when you have multiple ways to then handle with handle it because of Choice Scarf on Urshifu, obviously Goldango, and then just Assault Vest on Rillaboom, you can utilize something like Reggie Drago because you're just like, I don't care if they have an immunity over there. I, I have plenty of ways to deal with it. And I'm still going to do deal big damage to everything else that you have. And then especially like something that is super bulky and loves the setup, like Hisui and Gudra, it's still normal or it's still like neutral. So it's not, you know, massive damage considering it's special defense is high, but it's like it's hitting just about everything. There's very few resistances outside of something like Heatran. But then guess what? Earth power is right there. So it's a really, really nice set to be able to handle a lot and also have an answer for what it can't. So Reggie Drago actually does significant damage into into Hudra. Like Hudra cannot switch and then take a second attack for Reggie Drago's dra dragon energy at, at a full power. Like a reason that people had Terry Fairy or Terra Fairy on Hudra is specifically because Reggie Drago tears that thing a new one. Even with the 150 special defense, Reggie Drago just demolishes it. And I only know that because I remember running another Reggie Drago team and I would just like nuke slow bulky teams with dragon energy. And I'm like, this has no business being this powerful. But you also, like you mentioned the three things that can offensively check Fluttermane, but also your Imprison plus Dazzling Ferrigraph means that you don't have spread damage onto your own Reggie Drago. So like you have four ways on the team to prevent the main counter from being a counter, which is, I guess like a case in point of the what I think Reg D is all about, which is that you actually need to have offensive means to check all the mons that you don't like rather than defensive means. Because another format you like stick Teen Lu in front of stuff, like rotate, intimidates in and out, pollen puff, whatever. Now, like you actually have to have mons that do significant damage. But that also means like just because you have a bad quote unquote Heatran matchup or Xmon matchup doesn't mean it's an auto loss. It just is up to you to position yourself in a way to take that Mon out rather than try to switch into it, which is like a mindset change that I'm really thankful for in this regulation. That's a great way to put it because it's like you have the offense to be able to handle it, but then also you see some of these terror types on here, like the player that won Nino's uh, number 71, the or uh, number 70, I believe, didn't they have a like a poison Terra on Ursaluna? Like something like that that allows you to handle some of those things you wouldn't otherwise. Like case in point here, the Reggie Drago has Terra Steel, which obviously isn't out of the question with being with with it being odd, but it's like you have the ability to go defense if you want to, but predominantly it's going to be those offensive ways to get around something and and handle them that way. So yeah, it is it is a mindset change, and that's kind of speaks to what Reg D is, I feel like, in a way, because with all these Pokemon that are big damage dealers, like even things that are like the the tank Pokemon, like Rillaboom with assault vest and it's you know great HP and defensive stats, its attack stat is still massive. So it's still able to do a lot of damage despite being the fact that it's there to eat hits as much, you know. Other members of the top eight, Sven VGC brought a team of Chi Yu, Amoongus, Fluttermane, Screens, Grim, Snarl, Landorus, and Iron Hands. Then Pato VGC came in fourth with there's the Hudra, uh, Gastrodon, Chan Pao, Fluttermane, Rillaboom, and Arcanine coming back in. I just want to, I just wanted to call this out just because the Arcanine is there and that's that's pretty neat to see it return. I think that was the only Arcanine. No, there was there was a few others, but but still um it's neat to see that that return a little bit. Beyond that though, uh there's a rain team from Raider VGC that came in eighth place featuring Pelipper and Basque Legion, which is neat. A little bit of a there's the Moon Moon balance team in a way with Fluttermane, Dragonite, Iron Hands Urshifu, Ursaluna, and Cresselia from Hoj or Hoje number seven, game seven place. So I do like this team and this 
tournament and some of these top eights. Anything stand out to you guys that you wanted to touch on? John? Count the number eight. of uh, flutter mains in top eight. This will make everyone happy. Three. There's only three. And you'll notice on the uh, Moon Moon Balance team, which Urshifu form is that? Oh, nice. I got this. I got yeah. this. It is Ooh. the dark one. With black glasses and yeah. Terra-type dark. Right? And so you're seeing, like, we have some of these early archetypes, which it like the Moon Moon Balance, which has been around for a while. But you're seeing, oh, wait a sec. <laughs> you don't have to run it like everyone else is running it. And you don't actually have to use Flutter Main, right? It's a good Pokemon, but you don't have to use it to win with it or to win. Yeah, and I think that that's that's a great that I think that mindset continues. I mean, it is it's still a fantastic Pokemon, but it's like it is nice to see that because there are only you know three of them in the top eight. Like typically with these, some of these tournament lineups, you'd have just a, a column like a single column of Fluttermane going down like you know fifteen or sixteen teams. Yeah, but you don't have that now, and that's I like to see that. You know, is also it feels like it's it's refreshing. Two out of those three flutter mains have icy wind of all moves. Wow, and one of them, the Ho Edge, does not have a ghost move on their flutter main. So, Impressive. fun facts. Now, it is still important, very important to note that of the two hundred and 61 teams it was still number one in usage at being brought 57 percent of the time 150 teams did bring fluttermane so it's certainly not going away anytime soon but in top cut at least for the for the top eight it is good to see for top cut overall or for i guess for for day two it was not the highest. It was number four at only on being on seven teams. 38% of those day two teams had a flutter main. So maybe it's one of those things where it's like everyone feels like they need to bring it still, but the best of the best don't necessarily need to bring it, which is kind of cool. I think it's yeah, definitely I think, a uh, thing. Oh, I think hello. Win makes we sense have a, a new voice. This <laughs> ah. is Spicer. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of uh, Soul Vest Landorus going around, which is kind of like a counter in a way to Fluttermane. So I see why it makes sense. How long were you here? <laughs> like listening in the corner of the room this whole time. Dressed okay. as Superman. Right, Batman. right. <laughs> well, welcome um, in. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Muy bien. Good to hear. What you talking good. about? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Fluttermane, which you just so eloquently discussed. Yeah, I didn't know what you said before that, but okay, just yeah. keep going. I'm just gonna keep keep quiet in the corner still. We're looking at the at the Nino Tour and our tournament from this past weekend. Yes, I'm just needing top cut sort of things. Nice. There okay. is one thing I do want to point out. Go ahead. You notice there's like only one Heatran, but like I also see Chi Yu coming up, like. Is more popular now. Not like super crazy popular, but I see there's a, like quite a bit of Chiyu floating around now. Mm -hmm. And there's like only one Heatran in in the top eight. Yeah. Which blows me away right now. Dude is pretty nuts. I will say Specs Chiyu can like mess some teams up. Well, it's just a walking nuke. And then it makes Fluttermane another floating nuke. And yeah, it's just. It's weird how at first it's like, oh, it's only going to be Chen Pao. Like, I, we, you know, we still don't see Ting Lu and Wo Chen will be absent forever. But mm -hmm. I mean, Chi Yu wasn't like. Isn't there a Ting Lu at number five? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it There's is. There's a Ting Lu right there. <laughs> well, that's why you're number yeah, yeah, yeah. five. Yeah. That's why you're but number you know, five, you're... not number one. You use Point the Ting Lu. <laughs> <laughs> Should have won if you just changed that. But uh yeah, he has two ground types. That's his fault. But yeah, definitely I think it's weird that Heatran is like kind of fall. It's it seems like it's falling off, or it's just maybe everyone is so prepped for it that it's like, oh, you're not making top cut. Because I mean it's still getting a lot of usage. It's still 92, but it's just I feel like it's so prepared now. You don't need to um 
See that that's you, the thing, right? Is it's like you have to, you look at the usage, but then you also look at the win rates of those teams. So like Heatran is the only one in the top five, and even beyond that, top eight, I guess, of Pokemon where it has a a high usage where 90, 92 teams and 35% of the teams brought Heatran, but its win percentage is only 47%, whereas everything else was in the 50s, and that's like Fluttermane, Rapid Strike, Urshifu, Torn, Rillaboom, Lando, uh, T, Goldango, all above 50%. So I think that speaks to you, your point, Tony, is that like, yes, it's still very good, but people are finding a way around it, and they're ready for it and they're not just going to click you know a fire move into it and they're also not just going to click a ground move into it because that grass terra type is certainly going to be right around the corner so it's less surprising now that we are you know around a month in from the home meta beginning so i think that there is something to it where it's like it's still good and you shouldn't shy away from it but people are way more prepared for it now than they've been before it's just one of those things where it's like, is there enough fire moves to justify flash fire right now? You know what I mean? Like, do you really need that fire immunity? And I think that's why Chi Yu is kind of popping up a lot more. Where it's just right. like, do you, do you need the fire immunity or do you just want to like destroy someone with heat wave or overheat? Or is like a resistance good enough? You know? Yeah. Well, or, I mean, you also have the, the, uh, the fairy resists on Heatran, which Chiyu does True. not. So, like That's your true. Specs Terra Fairy um, Moonblast is going to kill a Chiyu, where whereas it's not going to even get close on a Heatran. So, like there, like Heatran is the more defensive fire option, and Chiyu is the more offensive fire option. And but I think you're right, Tony, that like it seemed like there were some Mons that were like the, the quote unquote default options. Like Heatran was the fire type for a while, but we're, people are realizing, oh. I can use other stuff and it's fine. Right. If you offensively position your lava fish, then that's just as good as having a defensively positioned heat train if they both accomplish the same thing of winning. And uh yeah. Chiyu is such a nuke that like you don't even really switch in your water type, which is Urshifu, because you're still getting like two hit KO'd by heat wave from that. Heat wave, dark Backs. pulse, and then beads of ruin is still a fantastic passive offensive ability. You know, so it's like, even if you are resisting it, you're still weaker already. So good luck trying to take whatever else that's paired with, because it's going to be a flutter main or a bundle or something like that. I'm just waiting for everyone to stop using Ursaluna so then I could use Ursaluna again. <laughs> good luck with that. People have well, been literally shaking, not... waiting to use Ursaluna for a year and a half. Now. Hey, man, all I'm saying is it was only on 37 teams on this time. And only one made top cut. True. Um, and the one that made top cut, let's see. I want to see if I'm right before I even say it. Where is it? Where are you? <laughs> That's not Where how it works. You? Just say it. No, it, okay. No, I can't say that. I was going to say, I don't even think it had crest, but it's also the only crest that made top cut. So. Right. I, I feel like that's a core that's also like kind of like, oh, we know what to do now. So it's it's definitely the the meta has changed within the past few weeks in these grassroots turnings for sure. Yeah, one of my thoughts on this, I continue to come back to it, but I I, I still find it so fascinating. Rillaboom at twenty eight percent of usage, which is still pretty significant. It is seventh overall. But then you look at day two, it jumps to second at 50% of those teams. So nine out of 18 had Rillaboom. And then in top cut, 62%, five of the eight had it. It's like Rillaboom is definitely a, a, a fantastic addition to any team at this point. You can even bring it with Amoongus because they do very different things if you want to. Yeah, you can actually uh, knock off the safety goggles. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can knock off the safety goggles and you can also knock off the Rocky Helmet on the other guy's Amoongus. Mm -hmm. um, so you have yes. both options there. I'll just Jake, bring you, Breck and Cinero already. Jake, you really have a thing for the monkey. I do. Like. I, it's just, it's it's so it's so interesting because it's like I was dead wrong. I was so incredibly wrong about Rillaboom not being uh. good and falling off because of Grassy Glide. 
And so I'm just loving the taste of this crow that I continue to eat week in and week out. <laughs> yeah, right. there's right. a Heatran who failed to be the definitive fire type, a Rillaboom who is the definitive grass type. Like, yeah, there's a Moongus, but totally different roles. Yeah. Okay, real quick question. So, you know, the, the, the meta's been out for a few weeks, and I just want to ask you all, what was, I guess, the most unexpected thing from what you predicted like, you know, Jake, you said that Rillaboom is actually really, really good still. Mm-hmm. So, like, what is, like, fuck, how do I word that? With that? I think I worded it right. Biggest yeah, surprise of Reg yeah, D. Biggest surprise, yeah. Well, yeah, so what's, yeah, what is your biggest surprise of Reg D? Mine's is Reggie Drago. It's not the giraffe. I knew that shit was going to be good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so Rillaboom, I've already you know gone on record about. I okay, think mine though, is for Ridge Giraffe. I hate you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I think for me, it's actually Hisuian Arcanine, in a way, and it's just because like I look at that typing, and it's like yes, it's it's phenomenal offensively, but I was just so afraid that because of how much priority water there is, and ground stab is also pretty prominent heading ursa luna and landorus i just didn't think that hisuian arcanine would really find much of a footing but i mean john you used it you can speak to it but like it's certainly very good and it's definitely a niche pick it's definitely not in the top 10 or anything like that but i'm i'm happily surprised with how well it's performing i agree yeah i mean I, I think that also speaks to the whole like you don't need to think as defensively in this metagame if you have like a ton of options into your rapid strike into the opponent's rapid strike Urshifu, then like sure use your fire rock dog because you can just play better and it won't be a problem. Yeah, I think those are all like I I think Reggie Drago is definitely the fact not even just that Reggie Drago is good, it's that it's Better than Reggie Alecki was, I think, some something that is surprising to a lot of people. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a good one too. But uh, yeah, to the Alecki, I think I honestly think the demise, quote unquote, of Fluttermane. In that, I knew its usage. I had a hunch that its usage would drop and probably below fifty percent. But I. I'm surprised at how many teams are like winning events without using it. Like this one is not the first one where that's happened, which speaks to a greater diversity in how teams are built that like, you do not have to have what is probably like one of the best mons ever made, right? You just don't have to use it, nor do you have to use iron hands, nor do you have to use uh Goldango. And Goldango is another one that I'm like, how the heck is that still relevant? <laughs> right? In regulation A, it was spamming make it rains and doing haze and all that stuff. And it's somehow still doing that three regulations right later. But yeah, I'd probably just say the demise of Fluttermane is the biggest one in my book. The Reggie Drago is definitely like a, a number two. Yeah. That's good. That's good and it's one. not even and it's not even because Reggie Drago didn't get nerfed. Because we did like those tests with Reggie Lucky and Reggie Drago, and Reggie Lucky was the only one that got nerfed with the transistor mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's not that; it's just that like spread plus a really powerful dragon move is just really good when teams don't have like you know three fairies and two steels or whatever. Right, and, and we I mean, also it's... don't have Tapu Fini in the metagame. That's also a very important note. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, no Misty Surge out no. there. Yeah, and I think Arcanine is kind of explained by, like, Terra can fix a bad typing, and uh, which doesn't always work, but in this case it does because Intimidate is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It keeps our Gen 1, Gen 1 moms relevant. <laughs> yep. So just a, a couple final notes on Nino's tour. I know that we talked about Heatran and Fluttermane dipping in usage. Heatran, Fluttermane, and Urshifu Rapid Strike was still the most common core at 48 of these 261 teams at 18%. So something to keep in mind there. Coming in second at 37 of the 261 is Chen Pao, Fluttermane, 
and Rapid Strike Urshifu. So there's still, you know, a lot to be to be seen between experimenting with that. You know, Shen Pao Dragonite is still very, very potent if you don't have something for it. Any final thoughts on Nino's tour, guys, before we move on to the Road to Yokohama number three? Nino is a handsome devil. Certainly is. And he's got he some of the best back. energy in the business. Dude, and the best fit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. His Pokemon suit is top tier. There's a tiny, <laughs> tiny chance he might narrate our draft league playoffs, but don't get your hopes up. Please just, just come back. Just come back, Nino. <laughs> Also, uh, draft supremacy. That's what I have to say. That's what I really came here for. Draft supremacy. No, you're not okaying this. I am. Okay. We can go now. And on to our the uh <laughs> the tournament that we put on the VGC Trainer School Road to Yokohama number three. We are doing a series to prep for the Yokohama World Championships. So shout out to Andy AOX for putting this on. It's been quite an undertaking. So, you know, thank you very much for that. It is very interesting to see just the two metagames between Nino's Tour and ours because there's a lot more Fluttermane in the top eight of our tournaments than in Nino's and a lot of different teams just in general. So let's look at the team that managed to take it all home z2r nar 9le that sounds like an ai bot no you have to you have to try to say that's a password try to try to pronounce it no (laughs) nar ninel uh we have (laughs) moogus with uh rocky helmet mental herb torn av lando t Mystic Water, Rapid, Strike, Urshifu, Booster Energy, Flutter Main. No Icy Wind on this one. It's your standard three attacks. Shadow Ball, Moonblast, Dazzling Gleam. And then Choice Specs, Goldango with Trick and three attacks. Nothing too crazy on here. We do see no Protect on Torn um, as it has break wind, or Bleak Wind Storm, Icy Wind, Tailwind, and Rain Dance. So it's able to self-set and also boost Urshifu, and then the AV on Lando with U-Turn is pretty fun as well. Seems like a pretty standard, straightforward team, but a very good one nonetheless, opting for Amoongus over something else to redirect, like NDD or you know another Grass-type like Rillaboom. It's a cool team. You'll also notice that this is like offensive-type coverage kind of stuff. You have both Landorus and Fluttermane, which gives you your ground plus fairy stuff. That was yep. a very popular offensive type covering type thing, like ever since fairy's been a thing. So Zerndon in generation six or even Mega Mawile plus other ground stuff. Um, because like the all the fairy resists are steel, poison, and fire, and ground hits all of those for weakness. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's really convenient to have both of those on the same team. And so that's why like you'll see like this landers has EQ and that flutter main has dazzling gleam. So you have spread moves and single target fairy and ground moves, which is pretty dope. And if you're thinking of making a team, you can think of, okay, what kinds of offensive coverage can I have that will like cover for each other's resistances? That's a great way to build a team. Tony, what about you? What about this team do you like? I mean, it's just, you know, sometimes every team doesn't need to be like, shabam you know it doesn't need like a wow factor and this is one of those teams where it's like it doesn't really need a wow factor but you know it works mm-hmm. so i mean it's you know that's what it is it's just it's it's a working team yeah i, I think what i like is, is two things um one is that rain dance can be used both offensively with rapid strike urshifu but also defensively with goldango and amoongus and also offensively, of course, because of Bleak Wind Storm. So it's like it has a lot of utility in that regard. But then also, the way that it's laid out here on Limitless also helped me to really see it. But Amoongus, Torn, and Lando T, all three of them have very defensive-based terratypes in Water, Ghost, and Water, with Lander, Asterion being Water as well. As opposed to the big three damage dealers in Mystic Water, Rapid Strike, Urshifu, 
Booster Flutter, and Choice Specs Goldengo are Terra-type Water, Fairy, and Steel, respectively. So it has the super fast go mode with Tailwind Torn and three big damage dealers that are able to boost their massive stabs even further because of their Terra-types. But then also you have like redirection with Amoongus. So you don't necessarily need to set up Nasty Plot or something like that with Goldengo or, or whatever because you're able to just deal a bunch of damage right from the get-go and then have re, uh, Rage Powder redirection to be able to support it. And also fun about this Amoongus is that it doesn't have Pollen Puff. So it's Grass Knot, Clear Smog, Spore, and Rage Powder. So it's not trying to extend games. A team like this looks as though, yeah, maybe you you know get a little bit of a debuff with Intimidate switching here and there, but it feels to me like I'm trying to end this game in four turns. You know, I'm trying to do as much damage as possible. I don't necessarily worry as much about prolonging it if I don't have to. Yeah, I think that's the most interesting thing about this team is this Amoongus is like special bred hyper offense Amoongus. Uh, like the grass knot's pretty cool. Yeah. Grass Knot is going to be big for, you know, Dondozo or for Ursaluna or or some of the other heavy Pokemon out there that are relevant. I don't know. Grass Knot's interesting over something like Giga Drain or whatever. Um, yeah, I wonder if there's a special reason for that. I don't I don't think of Urshifu as particularly heavy, but oh well. I think it's definitely like a you have Fluttermane, Goldango, and Tornadus for Urshifu stuff. So your Grass Knot is probably um, an Ursaluna check because Amoongus on these teams is going to be like your uh, trick room tech, right? And so that Amoongus is probably like a underspeeding. It's probably a, 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 a what they call it a twenty-seven speed IV Amoongus because that gets forty-eight speed, which is one less than Ursaluna's min speed. But you can still click Tailwind and be like faster than a couple things with that speed stat, rather than going like super min speed. Yeah. Full at full HP, two eighty two investment with four special defense with no investment on Amoongus. Grass knot does fifty nine to seventy percent. Yep. So, yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of damage coming out of something where you don't need to really hit anything else of significance. Yep. And they faced off against Luca in the finals. Luca brought Covert Cloak, Thunderous Incarnate. Rapid Strike, Urshifu with a Choice Scarf, Focus Sash, Shen Pao, Leftovers, Goldango, Rocky Helmet, Rage Powder, Amoongus, and there's another Arcanine with Safety Goggles. So they brought the the Thunderous is very cool. I, I've been hoping Thunderous Incarnate would come back for a bit just because it's such a, it's a neat way to have a Prankster Pokemon. With this one with Wild Bolt Storm, Thunder Wave, Taunt, and Rain Dance. So again, the Offensive and defensive rain dance synergy with multiple Pokemon, even adding in Chen Pao, if you know that ever comes up in some situation. There's Icicle Crash on the Chen Pao as well, instead of Icicle Spinner or Ice Spinner, rather. People are definitely gravitating towards that. Redirection with Amoongus and the Nasty Plot Dengo. Yeah, I think I like this team maybe a little bit more, but. The tailwind and the lack thereof could certainly be an issue if those thunder waves start to miss. What do you think, John? Just so that people at home know, this is Kanto Arcanine, not Hisui Arcanine. So this is not like a rock type doing all this kind of stuff. Right. And we also see the icicle cr- icicle crash on GM power, right? So it's still like that. I hate Rocky Helmet tech. I think this is basically the same six that I saw in like a Brazil tournament like a, a few weeks back it's at this point because remember seeing i think it was this six but it was with hisui arcanine over the kanto arcanine but they like won won a tournament top cut several others so like th- this six has been around in various forms and it's pretty cool to yeah this is pretty cool to see it still performing semi well at this point like this is i guess uh, at, at in another podcast we mentioned how you can take an archetype like in like say balance and then have like a ton of different options to run on balance. Cause this is, you can have this balance core. You could have like the heat train Rillaboom stuff. If you want to, um, you could do Rillaboom specs to you Gyarados if you wanted to. So yeah, it's just cool to, to see how flexible archetypes are rather than like 
specific teams of specific six Pokemon. I really like the Sunny Day Thunderous variants, but I, I think this one is pretty cool too. Like the with the, with the I like that with Thunderous, you don't have to like even though it's a downside if you miss Thunder Waves, you don't have to rely on Tailwind at the same time though. You know, where it's like Tailwind, yeah, you know, it's it has the same problem Trick Room has where oh. It only lasts so, so many turns. You can protect during those turns if you really need to. But it is one of those things you always have to be like considerate of. And like you don't want to get caught in the middle of it. But with Thunder Wave, that, you know, paralysis is forever until someone heals it. But, you know, Cresselia is not super popping right now. But uh, yeah, with Thunder Wave, it's just it could be annoying and you always have someone's speed and not everyone needs to be slower. You know, or not everyone needs to be, yeah, not everyone needs to be slower. So it's like, it, it's like, they're like a 50-50 for me. I do like Thunderous though. I like a, I just happen to like the Thunderous Sun version better. Mm-hmm. Just because you compare it with Flutterbane, set up the sunny day. It's the opposite of Urshifu Rapid Strike. And then you just boost and just go on, destroy everything. But no, this one's this one's pretty neat too because I, I do like Arcanine. I still think Arcanine is completely viable as like the fire type. But I also think that the Qian Pao is is one of those splash. It's becoming more splashable. Like you don't need to have all of these uh, physical attackers. You like this one only has two, and it's really only abusing one. So. With Chen Pao, like now picking up icicle crashes, some of them are picking up a crunch to get rid of Cresselia's right away. Uh, it feels a lot more splashable given its ability being very physical, you know, orientated. And also on that, the note of the Chen Pao, you have like your your bolt beam coverage. So that that's thunderbolt and ice beam that relates to uh, electric and Ooh, ice. Cool stuff together so in this case it's thunderous and chien pao so you're splitting up that coverage like in uh sword and shield you would have that with regieleki and vanillax of all things in like series I seven thing I miss um, that. and then regieleki on calyrex ice teams did the same kind of thing where you had like a super fast regieleki or just full switch out and then you had glacial lance to clean stuff up in the end game so again you don't have to build around offensive coverage, but if it starts working, that's why. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I think the Thunderous is pretty cool because it feels like a, a longer game Tornadus, the way that they're running it, since uh, they have the Taunt and the Rain Dance. It's like the Thunder, it's like the Tornadus we just saw, except obviously Thunder Wave is your tail, and like Shinobi was saying, so it fits the the Moongus Arcanine with the pivoting mm-hmm. stuff you have in the back for a longer game, if you want that to be your win condition, which I think makes the team pretty flexible. That's cool. Definitely. And that also speaks with, yeah, you have the, you have the pivoting with um, Choice Scarf Urshifu having U-turn as well. And then there is the defensive terror type on Godango with water, right? So it's like, as opposed to the more offensive Terra in Godango from the winning team, you have a more defensive one, which then when you pair it with Thunder Wave and Taunt and all that kind of stuff, and then you like you don't need as much Tailwind option, you know, because you have the Choice Scarf on Urshifu, and that's like your 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 fast mon. So it's like you're able to T Wave what is faster than Rapid Strike Urshifu that's Choice Scarf, and then you can just sort of go from there. And you had mentioned it before, Tony, but it's like. That, th- that paralysis is going to last forever. So the other team wants to win in four turns. This one wants to win in like eight to 10, you know, because by that point it's a war of attrition and that yellow magic is going to come up on your side more often than it's not by that point. New thunderous name, yellow magic. <laughs> also in the top eight, let's see. So like I said, we had a lot more flutter mains. There were seven flutter mains in the top eight. Eight as opposed uh, and only uh, there's only one team didn't have it and it was Luca. Uh, we also see some Chen Pao Dragonite appeared on at least three teams that I'm seeing here. Another Thunderous Incarnate did pop up on the eighth place team. 
Bundle made an appearance on a Moon Moon Balance team. Talonflame came back in. So there is a lot of standard Pokemon here, but there's also some interesting ones that came in that you don't necessarily see as much to uh, and, and anymore. So that's kind of nice to see that happen every once in a while. Um, I know this is our tournament, but it's mm-hmm. not as cool because Furry Giraffe is not anywhere to be seen. And I'm not a fan of our tournament now. It was still 13% usage for combined. So that's cool. You know, you know what? As as the owner of the server, I have to say you all have to use it now if you enter the tournament. I will oh, say, though, <laughs> another another funny Pokemon that they had is uh, Iron Bundle with Nate's a great yeah, yeah, bundle coming back is, is neat because it's still it's still fast. You know, it's still like the fastest thing out there because nobody's using Eliki anymore, which you know we've already talked about. Well, so and Dragapult's technically faster, but true, true. Technically, but <laughs> um, um good, Tony. I just missed the giraffe. You can cut this. I was gonna say something, but it, I kind of slipped my mind. Okay. I was looking at some of the usage rates. Uh, Flutter Mane first at 61%, brought by 46 teams. Rapid Strike Urshifu on 40 of them. Tornadus on 36. Heatran on, on 30. Then Chenpao, Rillaboom, Amoongus, Goldengo, and Landorus. Those are all above 20%. So those were your, your big ones there. Then if we look just at the... Single elimination bracket, which they were the top teams after the Swiss rounds. Rapid Strike, Urshifu, and Flutter Main both tied at the top on seven of the eight. Then comes Chen Pao, Heatran, and Amoongus at five and four for both Heatran and Amoongus, respectively. Rillaboom only on one of the top eight teams, so maybe it is garbage. Maybe I cut out everything from about the Nino stuff. Um, no, I'm kidding. But that is kind of interesting to see. It, it's like when you look at two tournaments like this, because they are not only just two big tournaments, but it's like Nino's tournament brings in, you know, 261 different people. Maybe some of them are from his server, but maybe they're not. Whereas a lot of our tournaments really are from people that are in our server. So it's like there's kind of two different metagames that are that are happening. Very similar, sure, but you kind of have to prep for, in a way, almost like what you're going to be going up against. So it's almost like if you're going to be playing in a VGC trainer school tournament, be prepared for Fluttermane, maybe more so than you would be otherwise. I want to give a shout out to the Talonflame number four. Yeah. I just saw that right now. I'm just like, huh. Neat. Talonflame. And that was the only Talonflame in the entire tournament. I, You know what? I brought it last week to our tournament. Because I just brought my Fresno team and I threw a bear on it because I wanted to. No, no specific reason. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw a bear on it. I was like, I don't I don't want to use Great Task. I'm going to use Ursaluna and I'm going to make it kind of fast. It was whatever. Fair it wasn't enough. exciting. But yeah, it, seeing Talonflame makes me wonder like, oh, what old archetypes do you think will come back? Like, you know, follow the pattern. Like, what will be the new new balance? What would be, you know, the the meta-breaking hail team with choice specs bundle? You know, what will be the new versions of all these things over the next upcoming months, even after Worlds when people are just doing grassroots? You know, it really makes you like kind of think about it. I'm really looking forward to running Alolan Ninetales hail. Johnny, remind me, no one else do that because it's going to be trash. Only, yeah, just don't. It's not a good idea, Jake. That's a bad idea. Don't tell people about it ever again. It seems fun, though. I mean, it gets, I think he gets free. You're going to ruin it. You're going to ruin it for us. That's my (laughs) team. That's our team. (laughs) Tony owns the Discord server like in a fascist manner. Just bosses us around. Rule with the iron fist. Everyone uses one giraffe. Will be some random tournament that they're like, yeah, this, this tournament that had over 70 people happened to have a hundred percent giraffe usage. That's the best tournament ever. <laughs> Throw up all the statistics. <laughs> yeah. Tim is over here like, I don't know what happened, but this tournament is throwing off my percentages. Okay. 
some of the other stuff that comes out of our tournament. The same exact top common core from Nino to ours is interesting. Um, still going to be Fluttermane, Heatran, and Urshifu Rapid Strike at number one, and then Chen Pao, Fluttermane, Urshifu Rapid Strike at number two. Where it varies a little bit is there once Rillaboom gets introduced in the on the Nino side, but we still we do see some Rillaboom usage with a core of Fluttermane, Heatran, Urshifu Rapid Strike, and Rillaboom. So that was used on 13% of teams, 10 overall. So uh I don't know. I similar, certainly, even down to the the top eight Pokemon by usage, just with a little bit of different on the percentages and whatnot. But it's uh it's interesting to see how how they vary when you have like, you know, incredibly massive whale sized tournaments like Nino's and then still very large like we had. So definitely good data for people to pull from to see what they're going to be using for uh, day one or day two of worlds. Any final thoughts on the trainer school tournament guys? Use more giraffe. No, I think, I think it's, I think it's cool. Like it's just showing like balance is still there. Power night is still there, but then it's also like, I don't know where the fuck I was going with this. You could cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is it showing? And he never said what it showed. <laughs> I know. I was trying to like word it. It's just like it's showing the basic. Like I was trying to think like, oh, it's showing. And then I thought about it. I was like, no, it's just showing the basic ass archetypes. We cut this <laughs> whole fucking thing out. We'll see. We'll see. Because I, I do I do think you're right. I think that like we're still seeing, you know, it's we're like s- we're seeing a lot of balance, right? And it's either is it trick room balance is it tailwind balance or is it just you know bulk balance where you don't necessarily need yeah i mean in reality yeah it's showing that balance is still prevalent it's showing that power knight still works even though it's like power knight has been like falling off dramatically mm-hmm. but like power knight is still a thing you know it's still one of those like if you get hit by that thing <laughs> you know it's gonna hurt yeah, bro. Uh, Pow Knight players—they just took a break because everybody was clowning on them on twi- Twitter, and you know now they're waiting for everybody to die down and stop hating on them so they can go back to using their team. Probably right. Twitter X. Is it Twitter X now, or is it just Twitter? There's an X. That's all I know. It, I don't know, but it's we should Twitter. It, it's we just that the logo is community. not a bird. It's it, it's just an X. <laughs> What if we move the whole community over to Threads? No, that's it's actually a terrible, terrible place. Why? Because <laughs> it's owned by Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> well, that, that's like not. You it's know, a lizard not. band. <laughs> oh, now everyone's gonna think we're conspiracy theorists. Knock it off. <laughs> it's not a conspiracy yeah. if it's true. I don't know, man. I for one welcome our new lizard overlords. <laughs> Um, so yeah, anyway, this is uh, <laughs> going to be the point where we wrap up the episode. And uh, I want to thank you guys very much for coming on. So we'll say our goodbyes. Uh, start with you, John. Uh, come out and try the tourneys and look out for that merch drop coming soon. Absolutely. Tony? Awesome. Something, something, giraffe. Something something giraffe. Three X's three X's make the coolest letters. Am I right? You could cut that out. That's what does the giraffe say? We snaw. It's actually a moo. If giraffes moo, I will be blown the fuck away. I've never heard a giraffe. And Spicer. But... Zuckerberg, take me away. Take me to your planet. Just kidding. I mean, look, Elon Musk hasn't even been to Mars. Zuckerberg is from there. Who do you trust more? If he cuts us out and then if he cuts that whole thing out and he just leaves that part in with just no context, everyone's... Yeah. That's the intro to the episode before the music comes on. There you go. No, you missed the best intro ever. (laughs) Hey, we should be those podcasts where they like just like flow in as soon as they said the most embarrassing thing and then Beer's like, oh my god. I'll think about it. Those are fun. Those are fun. Sorry.
Uh, also, know, shout out to Jack for playing in the Nino tour. I should have said this earlier, but brought Screamtail, Dondozo, and Flamigo, and absolutely tore it up. Was on was a uh, casted by uh, Nino at one point when I think he was what four and 5 and something like that, five and zero, or like he was on stream to to, to win five and zero. And so, congratulations to them. They played insane so uh i think they finished like 41st or something like that which is awesome so uh but anyway good luck to you guys whatever you're doing this week have fun everyone hope you enjoyed class dismissed